What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on another exciting episode of Data. My name is Brian, and I look forward to sharing with you another amazing guest today. But first, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please make sure you get out there and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now sit back and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everyone. I am bringing you a very different kind of guest today. She's only the second mom that I've had on the show. She is a published author, speaker, an educator, and more importantly, she's a single mom to six amazing kids. She has a very interesting story that we'll get into, but I wanted to have her on because not only has she managed to build a successful life for herself and her kids, but she has recently published a book called, a parenting book, I should say, called Parent Up. Title caught my attention, so I wanted to have her on the show to talk about it. It's an absolute pleasure to have Kelly Rippon on Dad Up. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Oh, thank you, Brian. It's such a pleasure to be here. And like I, I said to you earlier, it's it's funny because it sounds like Parent Up is the rebuttal to Dad Up. Like, what about the moms? <laughs> so I appreciate it, and I feel really fortunate that you asked me to join along today. Awesome. Um, well, just kind of a little backstory on Dad Up. You know, it's funny. Both my boys, I have two boys, and they're both grown now. My older son just graduated from college last month. My younger son has entered the college world or the college scene as playing basketball at a, at a university here in California. But he, um, you know, kind of, I've been so, such a huge part of their life growing up. I, I was at everything, went to everything, participated in everything, even coached every single one of their sports teams all the way up wow. to high school. Um, and knowing that they were kind of moving on and getting past that, that, I guess, that chapter of high school and kind of moving into the adult world, um, mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of find a way to kind of give back. And I, and I thought, you know, talking to a couple people and talking to actually to my brother-in-law, he had said, you know, you need to start a dad podcast. There's one thing that you're really, really good at. It's being a dad. And I thought, you know, that's kind of, kind of interesting. I never thought about it. And the dad up came from, I kind of, I kind of compare it to man up. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I kind of took that and, and used dad as, in place of man, obviously, and, and ran with dad up. And it's just kind of to hope, uh, hope to inspire dads to kind of be the, the right dad, to be the mm-hmm. best dad they can be for their kids. And not only right. that, but to talk to successful dads that have not only right. managed to have a successful career and a successful life, but have also managed to have, have be a successful dad because you can do both. And um, a lot of dads struggle with that. A lot of dads run from their family life because they focus so focused on their career or they turn to other things like addictions, you know, alcohol or or gambling or things. And Mm -hmm. so my hope is just to inspire, if I can inspire a couple of dads out there to step up a little bit and dad up, that's kind of how I came up with it. So And good. It doesn't have to be great. It's just far better from bad, right? Right, right, (laughs) right. Exactly. So kind of getting into uh, a little bit about you, you know, for my listeners who may not know who you are, kind of give me a little bit of backstory about Kelly, about who you are and um, how, you know, kind of how you've gone through life and then also where you're at today. And also more importantly about your kids, you have six. So. Yeah, six. Um, well, you know, um, I've had an experience of being a stay at home mom and then, you know, working part time as some of my kids, you know, with, I think during my fifth child, I think, um, I started working again, and um, I'm an educator and public speaker, and I worked in promotion and did a lot of corporate training. And then by the time my youngest was two, my ex-husband and I divorced, so I had the six kids, and they were three, five, seven, nine, 
11 and 13. I think that's all of them. Wow. Um, yeah. So it was, you know, when people first separate or divorce, you know, at least for my, I can only speak on behalf of me and other women I've spoken with, you kind of get a divorce muscles, you know, like mm. I can do it all. Like I can. And then I, I quickly found out that I could not manage the kids and to manage my own stress and keep the job that I had. So I shifted my career into having several different and stacking different jobs where I did public speaking and I worked as an adjunct teacher at a college and stacked a bunch of different jobs together so that I could still be present, you know, and go on field trips and, you know, take them to soccer and arrange, you know, different things at their schools and things like that. So I have the experience of both kinds of lanes of the traditional mom of being in the house all the time or being at the job and then a combination of both. So that oh, I have five kids in their 20s right now and my oldest oh, is 30. Wow. Yeah. So I know that feeling when you were saying about, you know, when they're launching, you know, when they are leaving high school or have those big dreams or ambitions. And sometimes it's so comfortable when you, your kids get an opportunity to have some mistakes and to have a few fails under their belt in high school because they know how to recover faster when they're in college. And that resiliency, you know, that practicing of getting up is so helpful. It's such a helpful um, skill to be able to master. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. it's hard. I always worried, you know, when some of my kids started, you know, peaking in high school, I would get a little bit nervous thinking, hopefully they will have a fail so right. that they can have a little practice, you know. And, of course, no, there is a, a, one of the coaches told me um, once, there's no such, no man can live on top of the mountain. You know, at some point, everybody has to come down. And right. um, so, but that's, that's so wonderful to hear that not only were you able to coach your kids, but they were receptive to it because, you know, for the dads that are out there and moms that want to coach or want to participate more hands-on, um, some kids are uncomfortable with that. And that's awesome that your kids were, um, had that confidence that they, you know, were receptive to you being mm -hmm. their coach. And because it's every, even with six kids, each of them were parented differently, mm -hmm. and I needed to approach each of their sensitivities and their assertiveness in a different way. You know, some of my kids that were much more assertive, um, of course, I had to be, the accountability was a little bit stronger, and the kids that were a little more sensitive, the accountability was more cerebral, you know, mm -hmm. was more of a thought discussion versus, you know, giving them more service to do, you know, because that was yeah. more of a, my discipline was to put more on them instead of take things away. Yeah. You know, I wasn't one of these people that said, no phone or you're grounded. I was like, this is now what you have to do. You have to, you know, do this project or you have to clean out the garage. I have to, you know, I, I gave them things to do so that, you know, it was, it was being alone with their thoughts that got them into trouble in the first <laughs> place. And the last thing I wanted them to do was to have more idle time to have more time, you know, to think up, make some bad decisions, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, it's uh, interesting kind of going back to what you were saying about, you know, the whole coaching. Um, uh -huh. My kids, my kids, when they were younger, uh, they, I guess they were at an age because they were only four when, we, when I started coaching them. So they were kind of at an age where they thought it'd be cool to have dad as a coach. Now, as they grew up, um, my older son, when he got into high school, the high mm -hmm. school had approached me about coaching and I said, you know, I'm fine with it, but I have to make sure my son is okay with yes. it. 
And so I talked to him and I said, hey, look, the the school's asked me to coach. I don't know if you want me to or not, but uh, I'm I'm leaving it up to you. And and my older son actually said no. He said, dad, I I really want this to be kind of be my my thing. And I would appreciate it if you would just kind of stay back as a spectator. Mm-hmm. And I and I respected that. I said, right. no problem. So for my older son, I actually told the school, I said, yeah, no, I'm I, I can't coach. My son wants me to be a spectator, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna right. I'm gonna do that. My younger son was a little different. You know, the school right. asked me again, do you want to coach? And so I did the same thing with him. And, and you know he didn't carry the way. He told me good dad, if you want to coach, coach. If you don't, I'm fine with that too. So I right. took it on. And the cool thing is my first year coaching with my son, my younger son in high school, we ended up going to the CIF and we ended up winning the championship, which was the first time in school's history that we oh, won a awesome. championship. Yeah. So he and I both have CIF championship games that we'll have forever, oh, which is so, so cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, that is, um, I'm so glad you shared that because so many parents out there feel like, what am I not doing? Why am I not connecting? Like, why Why is my son or daughter, like, pushing me away? I really want to be active, but and it's not you, you know? Right. Like, parents don't take it personally because, like you said, you've got a great relationship with both your kids. But, you know, in the older child, it's interesting because I, I, I found this. I, I do coach privately families with athletes. And okay. having the ex- – my oldest son is an athlete. And I, I don't know if you, right. you know yeah. my son is an Olympian, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I have worked with families that have kids that are going into, you know, high-level sports in college or, or in, you know, large high schools that are super competitive with scouts, et cetera, and, you know, try and work out some of the issues because even, like, with discipline, you know, say Adam didn't do his homework, I couldn't say, like, you're you're grounded, you're not going to four continents, you know, world right. championships are off. Like, right. it's a different... <laughs> You know, it's a completely different dynamic that the way that I had to approach issues with him versus the approach different, you know, issues with his brothers and sisters. And the thing is, like, kids that are, like, all in with those kinds of sports, you know, that are primarily that are, like, beyond team, that are more individual sports that you require, like, time away from school and people think, like, oh, these gymnasts or figure right. skaters or whatever, they're giving up their childhood. It's just they're not giving up anything. I think they're actually, like, gaining. What they're giving up is the, like, what you what you gave your oldest son, that choice, the ability to stand up for himself, the ability for that self-evaluation of, like, what's important to me, what is going to make me at feel like give me the environment to be at my best. And it's mm-hmm. like that window of allowing our teens to make mistakes because those young gymnasts and those young figure skaters or and young, you know, I don't know what other, I'm trying to think of, you, you know, more sports than I do that are super young, you know, that our kids are peaking around 15 to 20. They, they, uh, that whole chunk of time where you're messing up and making all those like, oh my God, mistakes, you're not really allowed to, right. you know, you're expected to be better every day without having a dip. And it's a lot of pressure. And I think that that's what elite athletes give up. And so, I, but I mean, what you're saying with your kids, like getting involved in sports, you are not just getting perhaps an Olympian or a D1 school or a championship ring, like you were saying. You're helping your kids develop lifelong habits that are going to mm-hmm. serve them no matter what they do. No, you're right. And it's funny, My, my both my boys have told me that 
with all my involvement, it has given them the desire to continue that on when they have kids and they, and right. they, they want to, they want to be able to participate in their kids sports. So it's really cool. I, I grew up, my parents, they were around, but I can count on one hand how many events, either games or competitions. Right. Cause I, I, I was in wrestling and I did um, water polo and swim meets and stuff. And I can count on one hand how many things that they actually came to. Mm-hmm. And I used to go, I used to go with my friend's parents to the games or to practices because my parents couldn't take me. And right. uh, it's just one thing that I would promised I would never do for my kids. So that's why I, I took on the role of coaching. It's not only, it's not only just, just the coaching aspect. It's, it's that I wanted to be involved in their life. I wanted to right. be, I wanted to be as, as involved as I could to develop the bond and the connection and the relationship with them. So that way when they are older, They'll feel comfortable kind of in those awkward teenage years. They'll feel comfortable to come to me or to come mm-hmm. to their mother and speak to us about certain issues. So, right. um, so, but you are a little bit different because you're not only a single mom, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you had, you had six kids and then you right. had an Olympian kid or son, right. I should say, right. mm-hmm. that was, that was a high achiever in, in, in sports or in athletics right. in, in right. figure skating. And you had to manage not only your career, but those five other kids and getting him to his, to his competitions and his practices. How did you juggle that? Yeah. Well, you know, Oprah, I saw an episode and this took a lot of pressure off episode of Oprah once. And she said, um, she was talking to, I think it was Maria Shriver and she was talking to her about having it all. And they, they were speaking to each other and she said, you can have it all. You just can't have it all at once. And, Mm. I kept that in the back of my mind about not being so hard on myself about being like, you know, I say in my book, like I had such an eclectic combination of job and my career was being a really good human being. You know, I can't say I was, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say like I was only a mother because I feel like I was also a friend and I was also a community activist and, you know, a a good citizen and uh, many other things. So um, I don't want it to seem like I sacrificed something. I just Mm. did it in a different way. Um, Instead of trying to get a corner office, I tried to manage, you know, jobs that I could do from my home or that I could do remotely or that I could schedule in advance if I was speaking or doing training or if I was teaching. I knew what days that I was, you know, working. And there was a point where Adam had to either live with another family and I could get him on the weekend or eventually there's a story in the book that I tell about me driving back and forth to Hackensack, New Jersey every day, which Mm -hmm. is about two hours from my house. And I was trying to work from my telephone. And that was like 2007, I think. And that wasn't like common, you know, to to work from your phone then. But it was my BlackBerry. We didn't even have iPhones, I don't think, then. So it was, yeah, we were like a BlackBerry world. And um, sending a photo was like, oh, my gosh, state of the art. Um, or a document, it was like, oh, I've been downloading a PDF on my telephone. Did you ever, I feel like Jane Jetson, you know? Um, but yeah, I do remember that. And, and, or just doing like simple bringing my computer and I was doing like writing columns for other like uh, therapists that were, I was doing reframing exercises or breakout sessions for other speakers and things like that. So, and then I was teaching English as a second language at night remotely so it on Skype so it was I had a lot of different jobs and that's how I managed it 
by doing it that way and asking for help. You know, I was not shy about knowing that I couldn't bring my son to soccer, but I could pick him up. So I would, you know, I would ask, you know, a neighbor or someone else that was in my neighborhood that was going to the field or that had a son or daughter on the team. And, you know, I stopped that idea where I had to do it all. I knew that I couldn't. And I think for parents that are, whether there's two parents in the home or only one parent in the home, if you have one child or you have six kids, um, I think it's forgiving yourself that you're supposed to, because there's no supposed to, you know, there isn't like, I'm supposed to take him and pick him up and, and we're supposed to like get that McFlurry after practice, you know, and if I don't do all those, check all those boxes, I'm somehow less than. And I realized after, you know, you kind of beat yourself up thinking like you're supposed to do all those things. And after the first few months, I realized that I had to have a strategy to manage things. And, you know, having a large calendar on the refrigerator, because I'm not a very, I'm a big picture person. I'm not very detail oriented. So I needed to like see what a week looked like because, you know, I, I don't know about you, but my dentist is like 20 miles away and I still say to myself, it's 10 minutes. It's not 10 minutes. I right. know it's not 10 minutes, but I lie to myself and tell myself the appointment is 15 minutes earlier than it actually is so that I'm on time because of that, you know, that challenge I have with detail. So I know my weakness is detail. So I make sure I leave myself notes. I send myself reminders. Even about our interview today, I sent myself a text and, you know, sent myself a reminder and set an alarm I because I want to make sure that I don't forget things that, you know, so when you have multiple things going on, you know, like six kids, you do have to learn management techniques that help you stay focused and, and help you give like quality time and quality attention to each of those tasks and or kids, you know? Mm. Uh, very important. I, I talk to my dads a lot about, they ask about balancing time. And, you know, one thing I do talk about is that you have to learn, like you said, manage it, but you have to learn mm-hmm. to schedule your time. You have to schedule yeah. it. And no different than, you know, you, you have a particular time that you eat meals right. or you go to the gym and work out you, or you have a meeting or you have a podcast interview. You have these things scheduled. You have to schedule your time with your kids too, and things that right. they have to they have to get to, or, or things that they have to do. Um, right. So that's cool. That's that's awesome that you've got that figured out. You've got that nailed down. I'm I'm sure there were stumbles along the way, but um, you know we're not yeah. perfect. So <laughs> and you can stack them. You know, just like I was stacking different jobs. You know, you can stack. Like if you're going to Home Depot, you can grab one of your kids to go, you know, with you and make it a you know, a day where you're talking about things, you know, right. um, and I did exactly. try and, like you said, with your own kids, I've made sure that we had time alone, you know, mm. they had time because sometimes when you have some kids that are more outspoken than others, they start doing the speaking for them. They'll say, well, this is what they mean. Right. Or they felt that and they become like their spokesperson. <laughs> right. Yep. You're exactly right. Well, I wanted to kind of touch on your book a little bit because um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a great book and I really like the stories that you share in there along with the principles behind the stories. So mm-hmm. what inspired you to write a parenting book and how did you come up with the name Parent Up? Okay. I I was approached after the Olympics. Adam was doing a lot of interviews and all, my my entire life I have been writing for 
like workshops and more more instructional things like for seminars. I would present seminars on multiple topics. But after the Olympics, Adam shared a story about me writing on the back deck in this home and this message that I wrote on the back deck. Mm -hmm. And I shared this story in the book and it was, it's a very, you know, kind of like the irony of you being dad up and interviewing a woman for your podcast right. because my book right. parents up. You know, the irony with this story was that I wrote on this deck when the kids were small, when I was first divorced and Adam was only like 13 or 14. So he was quite young in his skating career and the baby was only three. And I wrote on the back deck in this home lives Adam, a champion, Tyler, a creator, Brady, a genius, Jordan, a master teacher, Dagny, a leader, uh, and Sawyer, a multitude of joy, Kelly, who's blessed with abundance. I wrote that on the back deck and he was sharing a story. And then they said, you know, there's such irony in that story because it's like a prophecy because you Mm -hmm. did become a champion. The boy who was a genius was graduating grad school from Columbia at the time, the uh, leader was in a leadership program in an honors college. Like all of these things started working toward whatever was suggested. And it's kind of, I, I explained at the beginning when someone approached me about it, it's kind of like when you go to one of those conventions or something and someone says, oh, I'm thinking of someone that starts with the letter M and you're like, my Mary. And they're like, right. yes, did she like something green? And you're like, oh my gosh, she loved broccoli. Well, it's kind of like that. It, it is a coincidence, you know, that because the monikers I gave the kids were big picture, you know, much like I am. They were a champion as many things. He could have been a champion fencer. He could have been a spelling bee champion. He could have been any, because a champion is just someone who gets up and tries again and is a good right. sport. And so that is a pretty wide window. So right. I gave it, I, I gave all of the kids an idea of who I saw them as on that day, not who I hoped them to be one day. So mm-hmm. the pressure was off because someone said, boy, that's a lot of pressure, you know, telling your, your kid who's like barely a novice level skater that he's going to be a champion. And I said, I never suggested that. I told him he was a champion. There was no pressure. He already had achieved who mm. I saw him to be. There was no pressure of one day you might be this way. It was like pressure off. You're already there. And right. what you do with it is up to you. Like the genius one, uh, you know, you're already a genius. If you choose to be someone who, whether you're a musician or a mathematician, it does not matter. So, I mean, there was no pressure or push. There was just options. And that's what I say throughout my book. Keep presenting options. And in, in the and I talk about language and how to communicate because that was my lane, you know, when I was doing the corporate training, of picking up on the body language and the tone and how you, yes, how you say something. I talk to people in their 50s now that still remember the way that they felt rejected by either a teacher or a parent or someone in authority that they really looked up to and that perhaps that they gave them a message with the wrong tone that did not have the same meaning that they were, you know, they interpreted it in a different way. The tone is so important. So important. You're right. And I did um, not I did not choose the parent up. Actually, there was a in the pitch that my agent gave the publisher, there was a, t- a line that I wrote and I said that when you lift others around you, the force is so great that you rise with them. And that stuck with the editor at the publishing house and she that resonated with her. And she came back to my editor and said, I have the perfect title for her book and it was oh, called Parent cute. Up. Yeah. 
So that's cool. She, that's awesome. Um, well, first of all, congratulations on the book. Congratulations <laughs> on raising great kids and getting them to an age where, where they're kind of off and doing their own things. And I, I hope it's opened up a little bit more freedom for you to kind of explore furthering your career path and those those kind of avenues. Well, they're, they're kind of, you know, I say, you know, one, they have all become my counselors and my cheerleaders. And um, now that they're all engaged in, uh, well, I still have three in college. My oldest son is in, I told you, he's Adam and he's in entertainment field now. My second oldest is an attorney in Washington. My third is a biostatistician and he works at a hospital in New York City. And then the next three are in college. My oldest oh, wow. is actually a student at CalArts in the oh, grad cool. school there in California, but they are closed. They're right. remote only. Um, so she's home. Um, and then the other two are both remote uh, in college. So they are home. <laughs> so um, my fourth or the third oldest, the guy that works in medicine, is he is home right now because he wanted to come home for the holidays and he's in epidemiology and he said like the only way we can do this safely is if I quarantine and then I, you know, I join your bubble before the holidays and then I just have to stay through the holidays. So he's been here since the first week in November. I'm kind of getting used to it, but he already said like, mom, I have to go home. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the snow and I, and I think it is, you know, we're trying to get what we can from the pandemic because right. it has been tragic for us. I lost my mom in August with COVID oh, and she was sorry. in Florida. Yeah, it's here. It, it is a serious, you know, it's a really serious, it is offering all of us serious challenges, no matter what right. they are, it's changing everybody's life. But for us, our perspective has been, we've got to really try and find and I say this in the book in the perspective chapter about mm -hmm. really trying to transform challenges into opportunities. And that's what we've been doing. And having my son, who already has his own home, staying with us for, for a couple of months has been such a treat. And it's been such a treat for his younger brothers and sisters because, you know, he was away at college and then he was working. So they really didn't get to, like, engage with him other than holidays. So it's, right. it has, you know, they're uh, they're up. Um, not all night. I mean, they're working and everything, but I mean, they're up late playing video games and we're playing board games and people are, we're all taking cool. turns making dinner. Yeah. So it's the only danger is my daughter from California. I did not know she was such an excellent baker. She has been <laughs> making way too many cookies. So that is the danger. Um, you do find, you know, it's very funny when my second oldest came home, he lives in Washington and he came home for something before, like between law school and when he started his job and he was here for a few weeks and he changed the faucet in one of my bathrooms and I, I came home and I was like who did this he said I did and I said were you in the Votech program in law school or something like where did you learn these skills and he said you know I had an apartment and I said you had an apartment complex with a super like how did you learn right. and he said I did. you know when people would fix things I would be there I didn't want to just not be there I learned how to do this stuff because I didn't like people in my apartment I was like Wow, this is cool. very impressive. Yeah, so <laughs> that's awesome. You'll find this out as your as your sons get older. You know, they will come back with these like skills that you think, where did you learn this? Right. Well, you know, kind of with my boys, different things that I had to do. You know, I know how to fix things and stuff around the house. So different things when I had to do that kind of stuff, I would. I would have them participate with me in various right. tasks. And, you know, it's funny, my younger son just wanted to, he wanted to rearrange his room 
he's at home, even though he's playing basketball for a college here in California, they're all closed down. So he's uh, doing remote. So he's at home. But if he wanted to rearrange his room and he wanted to put his TV, he wanted to mount his TV up on the wall. So he bought the mount. And because he's seen me do it so many times throughout the house, he went ahead and yeah. did it himself. I was, yeah. I wasn't even home. He did it himself and sent me a picture of it. I'm like, wow, that's cool. That's really cool that you did that all by yourself. So um, yeah, but, well, cool. Let me ask you one more question. Sure. And then we'll get going. We've gone a little long, but that's all right. That's okay with you. Of course. Um, what one piece of advice would you give to parents, particularly to dads, that mm-hmm. would help them with their parenting skills? I think, honestly, the best skill or the best behavior any parent can do, especially dads, because our society is still male-driven. I don't know if you got the memo on that, but we still right. are. Um, we still are not equal in the in the way that people are like, oh, she's president. She must type really fast. Um, <laughs> but I would say listening, you know, because... Mm. What knowing, like, you know, there's a section in the book where I talk about because I've taken a lot of the principles that I used in corporate training and like all of those in services that companies make us sit through. They're for something because you can transform them and translate them into parenting because leaning in and listening and getting eye contact, like putting your phone down, putting the book down, turning the television down, looking your child in the eye is so empowering because, you know, what you're saying to them isn't so much that I'm listening, it's that you're worth listening to. Right. And no. when it, when you can, those small little nuggets where you can add like water to that seed that they're already born with, you know, it's not like, you know, you say your kids are great athletes and you, my kids are, are knock on wood, they're stable and they have great careers, they're good students. I didn't do that. They were born with potential and parents just have to not muck it up. They just have mm. to water it, you know, with nurturing, with positivity, with accountability. It's not all like, you're so special. It's, yeah, you're special, but so is everybody else that you treat other people with respect and you will be respected tenfold. So those are the things with parents. Listening is the number one thing and show up. You don't have to have the right words. Sometimes you just have to have the right eye contact and practice that. Like my son calls it the old lady wink. He's like, mom, you're turning into grandma because I'll have like that. I don't know. Even It's like this um, reflexive wink and He's like, you just winked at our waitress. I'm like, I don't know. I, it's like a term of endearment. It's body language. I don't know why I'm winking. But like you cross that 50, 50th birthday and I'm just winking crazily at people. I don't know. That's cool. That's cool. No, that's great advice, though. Listening is super important. And I, and I told my dad that, too. You know, it's, it's funny. Mm-hmm. We, we've heard it before, but you have two ears and one mouth. You use them accordingly, right? Um, it's yeah. so, so important to listen to your kids. And like you said, being attentive in listening, showing the eye contact and um, showing them that, yeah, I hear you and you're acknowledging them through your eye contact and your body language. It's so important. And it doesn't matter what age they are, whether they're two or whether they're 22, that eye contact and that body language says it all. Because if you're glued to your phone, you're glued to your TV and you're answering them in response, it's not the same meaning. So it's so important. Listening is very critical. And you know what? Even with the kids that are practicing, I always say, give them time to make you proud. You know, like you move your kid into into college and you're checking on them or you're like, oh, you know what? Your your mom and I are going to come and take you out for pizza on Friday. You know what? Make an appointment. Let them tell you when because they might be using you as a marker. Like, you know, by the time mom and dad or dad or mom comes to visit 
me on Friday. By then I want to have all my papers done and I want something to brag about. So, like, allow them that space to try and start managing instead of, as the parent, when, you know, when they're younger, we're saying, you have to have this done by Friday or you have to, now they're managing those things, you know, yeah. so it's, you're, you are in, you are at the threshold of such an exciting time of parenting because parenting is not something that you punch out of when they're 18. It right. is lifelong and some of the most engaged and parents that I have the highest respect for are even parents that, like, the, I always use the shepherds as an example, Judy and Dennis, they lost one of their kids, and they are still so engaged and have transformed his loss into a mission for people across the world for equality. And there is no such thing as, I'm not a parent anymore. You right. are Once you are a parent, you are a parent for your entire life. The, those are the skills that, you know, what you are doing is so, is so great that, you know, you are folding them over and um, sharing them and allowing, a, you know, a talk space for people that, because if people are listening to this, they're going to talk to each other about maybe one or two things that we brought up, and then that's going to virally roll into other people starting a conversation. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Awesome. Kelly, if my listeners wanted to look you up, kind of learn a little bit more about you, maybe pick up uh, Parent Up, can you tell me where they should go to do that, how they can do that? And Absolutely. Um, yeah. um, well, you can find me on Instagram at Crippon, K-R-I-P-P-O-N, or you can just Google my name, Kelly Rippon, and the, the, my website will come up, and you can find my book on my website, or you can find it on Amazon or our Books a Million or your independent bookstore. Very cool. Kelly, it has been a huge honor and pleasure that you've been on the show. I appreciate you taking the time to kind of share your perspective on not only on parenting, but also your own personal experiences. Um, I, I'm sure that, uh, you know, I have a lot of dads, a lot of moms that listen to the show, so I'm sure that people will enjoy the episode. So I really appreciate it. I thank you very much. I'm so glad we've become friends and got to know each other, and I hope that we stay in touch. Well, thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Another exciting episode complete. My guest today certainly represents the data community very well. Continue to stay tuned because my shows with amazing guests comes out every week. You don't want to miss out. Please help the show by subscribing and leaving a rating. I would love your feedback. If you know anyone this show could help, please share it with them. I don't want anyone missing out on what it takes to be a great parent. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at data podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. This is Dad Up.